Well, in this series, we have seen how the Lord has called Moses to the task of delivering his people from the bondage of Egypt. And of course, that task was not an easy one. It required convincing the nation of Egypt that was dependent on slavery to release their slaves. It required gathering a group of slaves and leading them through the desert. It demanded organizing the trip and providing for the needs of likely over two million people. It meant dealing with the conflicts among the Israelite slaves. It meant overcoming enemy nations along the way. And Moses certainly did not feel qualified for the task. And that's where Moses' shepherd's staff came in to play. God told him on one occasion to cast on the ground, and when Moses did, it became a serpent, and the power of God became evident when Moses obeyed so that his simple shepherd's staff took on life. And while Moses was afraid of that demonstration of God's power, God tells him to face that fear and pick up that serpent by the tail. God then speaks to Moses after that incident and tells him the reason why he had given life to his shepherd's staff. And I want to take a moment in the course of this few moments to examine the reason God gives to Moses for empowering his shepherd's staff. Listen to the words of God in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 5 as he explains to Moses why he empowered his shepherd's staff. Exodus 4 verse 5 says this, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. God empowered the shepherd's staff so that the people of Israel would believe that he had appeared to Moses. In other words, God wanted the people to see that he was sending Moses and that not only was God sending Moses, but that he had equipped him for the task to which he was sending him. Now, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God makes his presence known through his people. And it's important to him that that his people know his presence and the task to which he's called them. Think, for example, of Gideon, who, who was called of God, but wasn't quite sure that he was the man to stand up against the Midianites. But God gives to him a sign. And when Gideon asked for the wool fleece to be filled with dew and the ground dry around it, God made that happen. And and when he still wasn't sure and got and asked God if he could make the ground wet and the and the fleece dry, God made that happen as well. Now, now this doesn't mean that we have to be constantly asking for signs from God before we do anything. But what is important here is that Gideon understood his weakness and and the need for assurance of God's presence. 
And God was only too happy to assure him of that presence and empowering for the task that he had been called to. Gideon needed to know that God would be with him as he did battle against the Midianites and the Amalekites. He had no pretension of being able to do that himself. He needed the empowering wisdom of God, and only when Gideon had that assurance of God's presence was he able to step out boldly into that calling. And who among us doesn't need to know the presence of God in our calling? Daniel was a man committed to God, and those who knew him hated him because of that commitment, and the king's officials wanted to get rid of him because the blessing of the Lord was upon him, and so they determined that they would have the king issue a decree that any citizen who who worshipped any other god than the king himself over a period of 30 days would be thrown into the lion's den. They did this knowing that Daniel would not submit to, to praying to the king. And when they found Daniel praying to his God, they brought the matter before the king. And the result, of course, was that Daniel was thrown into the lion's den. And the Lord, however, revealed his presence to Daniel in the lion's den and shut the mouths of the lions so that they did not harm Daniel. And when the king returned the next day and saw that Daniel was unharmed, he was powerfully moved. He saw that this this incredible power of, of God was at work protecting Daniel. And that day, he was so moved by the incredible miracle that he had seen in the closing of the lion's mouth that he declared that the Lord God of Daniel was the only true God. God allows Daniel to be put in the lion's den in order to reveal his power through him to the king. Now, throughout his ministry on this earth, the Lord Jesus also performed many, many incredible miracles. And while those miracles benefited the sick and afflicted particularly, they served another purpose as well. Listen to the words of Jesus in John chapter 10, verse 37 and 38, where Jesus says this, If I am not doing the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. The demonstration of God's power through these works that Jesus did, these miracles that Jesus did, proved that the Father was in him and that he ministered in the name of the Father. Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Notice, however, that he does not send them out to do this in their own strength. Listen to what he says in Mark chapter 16 and verses 17 and 18. Mark 16, verse 17. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will... Pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. 
Clearly, as Jesus sent his disciples out, he sent them with the power of God in them to minister in his name. Now, I don't want to get wrapped up in all these signs and wonders and miracles because they can be a distraction for us. But what I do want to emphasize here is that those who went in God's name went also with his empowering. And who among us can read the accounts of God's servants stepping out into his calling and not see much more than human effort? The presence of God was confirmed in their lives. And the one who called them also went with them to empower and to enable them. Understand, however, that even in this empowering of God, still many choose not to believe. Listen to the words of John chapter 12 and verse 37 about the miracles of Jesus. In John 12, 37, it says this, Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe. The human heart is so hard that even mighty miracles may not be enough to soften them. As God spoke to Moses that day, he empowered his staff and told him that he did so so that they may believe. Now, as Moses stepped out into that calling, many still refused to believe, and the hearts of these individuals remained hard, and they would perish despite the powerful evidence of God's presence in Moses. But what is important for us to understand here in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 5 is that God is calling us to minister to hearts that are hardened to the truth, and there is no human reason or power that can break those hearts. It takes a mighty work of God to transform a heart. The salvation of God is a miracle that only God can perform. And what is true? true of our salvation is also true of our spiritual growth and maturity. I plant a garden, but I cannot make it grow. That belongs to God. The power of life belongs to Him. And in the same way, unless God blesses my spiritual disciplines, there will be no growth or intimacy with Him. I've had all too many seasons in my life where I began to trust more in my spiritual disciplines than in the power of God in the very life. And I quickly become find that without the power of God behind these efforts, I'm going nowhere fast. And without the life of Christ and without the power of God in what I do, it is dry and barren. Does God still empower today as he did from Genesis to Revelation? Well, that's certainly a topic that has divided Christians for, for centuries. And it's not helpful here to enter into that discussion. But the question I ask, however, is not so much theological as it is practical. Do we need the power of God to do the work he's called us to do? And if I'm to answer that question personally, 
I have to say this, that without him and his enabling, I would be powerless against this world and its temptations. Without his sustaining grace, I would fall. Without the inner work of his Holy Spirit, I would never become like Christ in my own human effort. Without his protection, I would be no match for Satan and his legions. Without his miraculous life-giving touch, I would still be in my sin. Without his gifting, I would have nothing to say, nothing to write, and unless he intervenes, nothing that I say would have any lasting spiritual impact. I'm not a pastor by nature. But I feel his prompting and pull to minister to those who are hurting. I'm not someone who enjoys speaking in front of a crowd, but I feel his enabling and push to do so, even when it wears me out physically and emotionally. I I am aware of my weaknesses and struggles, and and were it not for the sense of God's calling and enabling presence, I would personally dare not step out. I cannot take credit for what I do. I owe everything of any value to the Lord Jesus. If what I have said has ever spoken to you, it's because of the power of God, not because of me. If God has ever answered a prayer, I have prayed for you. It is not because of me, but his choice to reveal his power. If you have ever been encouraged and strengthened in your faith because of anything that I have said, it is not to do with me, but God has chosen to use me despite who I am. What I am saying here is this. My faith teaches me that I need God, not just for salvation, but for every ministry I undertake. Unless he works, what I do is vain. What Unless he ministers, unless he matures me, none of this is possible without the powerful working of God in me. Just like Moses, I need the Lord God to empower my shepherd's staff so that people will believe. My human efforts are insufficient for the task. I need his power and enabling. May God give to us a deeper understanding of our need of his empowering ministry. May may we step out boldly, not in our strength, but in the empowering of God's Spirit to accomplish what is not possible in the human wisdom and power.